Ooh, not the best. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a well overdue episode of Teen It Up with CNB. Uh, the fellas took a week off to let the sports stories compound, and that they have. It's going to be a nice full episode of topics. Um, and I'm excited to chat with my fellow co-host after a week off. Vladdy, what's going on? How have the last two weeks been? Uh, they've been they've been they've been pretty well. Um, went on a bar crawl in Royal Oak last week or this past weekend so a couple of days ago did not put up a good showing uh didn't have dinner so i blame it on that um but outside of that sports wise like you said there was really nothing last week so i think a combination of your schooling and just the lack of content was like whatever we'll skip a week we'll be back the next week we'll have a lot more to talk about maybe it's a longer episode or maybe we're just a little bit more thorough and precise but i've been well works going well it's picking up again in a little bit which is nice a little less free time which is which is always enjoyable when you're actually doing stuff, but not not nothing really unique or nothing noteworthy. So I'll turn it over to you. Um, anything? I know you're kind of on spring break right now. Yeah, yeah, to kicking it. Spring break last week, like I said, a little crazy with school. Um, I had a couple of big assignments due this past weekend that I needed to get done. Um, by Thursday, because I traveled out to Charlotte. Uh, Thursday through the weekend, spent a long weekend there with some friends from college. Um, great time. It's a nice city there. Um, definitely a little different there. Wish I would have got some better weather. I did find out I'm definitely not cut out for the South. Uh, it was 57 and sunny Saturday when we went to an MLS game and I somehow got sunburnt from that. So (laughs) yeah, I guess you could say I didn't have a great showing there. Uh, but yeah, wish I, overall, wish I had a little better weather on my trip, but it's nice to see some friends. So, um, so you ahead. can't deal with the cold and apparently you can't deal with 56. Like what is your, what's your ideal weather for? <laughs> yeah. My ideal weather is usually it's, it's like 45 to 70, but I guess it's no longer that if I, if 60 and sunny is now causing me severe sunburn, it wasn't that it was one of those sunburns you kick the next day. Uh, but going out that night, I definitely looked like I was like, um, sucking on some, something I was allergic to. I had a red face going. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a good trip. Uh, definitely still recovering, uh, just the travel and going out with some friends, you know, uh, so I have done nothing since I got back Monday afternoon um, or yesterday afternoon. So I'm going to force myself to start doing things again tomorrow just to kind of get my brain recuperated. So if I'm a little spacey on this show, everybody, I apologize. I haven't really used my brain since uh, Friday morning when I turned in a paper. So that's why uh, I think today I watched nine hours of TV. I forced myself to go on like a little walk. Um, and then I'm going to watch like three or four hours of basketball tonight. T- uh, tonight. You're, so. you're like a droid. You're, you're not a person. You're just an entity at this moment. Yeah, I, I am just like, a, yeah, there's nothing living about me. There's nothing social, interactive or anything I've done probably the last 36 hours. Um, so with well. that said, <laughs> let's get into some social back and forth. Um, we're kind of going to do this show in two parts. Obviously, there's two major things going on as far as things we talk about on a regular basis. Number one is the uh, NFL and the free agency mayhem that it's been over the last week or so. Um, and then we'll get into, obviously, the bigger story, I think, uh, March Madness, and we'll go through, give our picks, and uh, do the best we can with that. 
Um, so with that said, uh, I think I want to start us off with the, I believe it happened at the end of last week. Uh, the Bears, as expected, traded the number one pick to the Carolina Panthers in return for the number nine pick, uh, a second round pick. I believe it's the 61st overall of this yep. year, uh, a first next year and a second in 2025, as well as their star receiver, DJ Moore. Um, thoughts on the trade um, early or not early light, heavy middle return. What'd you think? So the trade itself, like you said, this was, this was as expected. Um, I think the bears also did go about it the right way. They did throw some smoke screens. There were always the reports. Oh, they might be moving off fields. They might be doing this. They might be that. They were throwing the smoke screen in the air and they got some teams to bite. Um, like we said, no one really thought that Fields was going to get moved off of because it just didn't make sense. It, it Maybe if Caleb Williams was there at the top of the draft, it's a little different, but it wasn't. Um, and Chicago made a good deal. Uh, I was actually kind of shocked that it, it was Carolina. I mean, I felt like most of the rumors I had heard were either Houston jumping up just to guarantee that they got their guy as opposed to playing second fiddle to someone else, or the Colts moving up and getting a quarterback for the an actual quarterback for the first time since Andrew Luck. Um, it was neither of those teams. It was Carolina coming all the way up from nine, which is a pretty pretty big move. Um, you have, you've effectively traded um, a, a first round pick, DJ Moore, in a second because you are doing obviously the pick swap. Um, yeah. I think it was a great return for Chicago. DJ Moore, in my opinion, is a very underrated receiver in football. It, he's someone where if you get a quarterback who's not god-awful and again, the, the jury is still out on field, so we shall see. Right. But if you get a quarterback who is not god-awful, I think he could be a top 20, maybe even pushing top 15 receiver in football. I mean, his career, he's had Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, I think Taylor Heineke for half a year, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker. I mean, he, he's his entire career, has, he's had no names throwing to him. Um but that's good. You can pair him up with Darno Mooney for a pretty good one-two punch by NFL standards. I mean, if yeah. Cole Komet continues to kind of, I know he, he caught fire a little towards the end of the last season. If if you if you do that, Claypool, Claypool. can kind of go back. He can kind of go back to his deep threat role of hey, go catch the lob. You know that kind of Kenny Galladay role that he used to play for the Lions. You have you. I think you actually have some like good weapons to work with. They do still have to sort out their offensive line. I know they addressed that with Nate Davis at right guard. Um, they'll probably end up taking a tackle at nine and then maybe they get one more piece to kind of fill out that line because it was bad last year for them. Uh, I think it's the clock has started on Justin Fields' career where he's probably got us two yeah. seasons to save his career. Um, but no, it's, it's a great trade for them. They did what they needed to do. They got out of the pick. Maybe you would have hoped to trade with the other one of the other two teams, like I mentioned, because that way you still would have gotten Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, one of the, the premier defensive players in the draft it is what it is there's other there's other defensive players that you can build around it's not only a two-person thing you did what you need for fields which is best for your franchise so from their perspective very good um from from carolina's perspective i think it's a i think it's a relatively average trade like if you look back a couple years ago when the 49ers traded up from 12 to three they traded three first round picks these Carolina effectively traded one, um, or I guess, or I guess two, 
two. I guess I count the pick swap, but then if I'm saying that, then San Francisco traded two first round picks. So you trade, you tr- you do the pick swap, you give them a first rounder next year, which is unfortunate because Carolina doesn't have much, but they have retained an offensive line. DJ Moore is disappointing to get rid of because he is your number one weapon. But if you are going into a rebuild, if you are starting with a new rookie quarterback who's going to be two years away probably from even resembling good good play, you're probably going to want to move off of a guy who's going to be 26 before the season, 28, 29 by the time you're ready to compete for something because then your contracts aren't really lining up. He just doesn't fit your timeline. I think I read that they wanted to keep him in Chicago. was like, no, we want him. And eventually Chicago won that battle. But I think it's one of those trades where it can work out for both parties. Um, if they if they make the right choice at quarterback, whether that's Stroud, whether it's Young, whether it's Anthony Richardson, um, if they make the right pick and they've got a they've got a quarterback, it's a it's a great deal. I mean, you traded a guy who doesn't fit your timeline, a second round pick that wasn't even your own because I think that was the San Francisco 49ers pick that they got from McCaffrey. There's I don't hate it at all. So it, it it's gonna be a great. It, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the Stafford Goff trade where at the at, at the time great trade for the Rams. You can go do something, and then it, as time went on, it turned into a pretty good trade for the Lions as well. So we'll see how that pans out for Carolina. Um, I know I kind of talked a lot. I don't. I, I is there really much you want to add to that? I not really. I was gonna so and you kind of you did pretty much touch on it. Would you say then, because I, my first thought was this was a fairly good return. They actually got a little more than I was thinking. Um, but I saw a lot of analysts say that this was light. Where would you say you're at on, on the light heavy? Again, um, if San Francisco traded, let's say, let's say we're going to forget the picks off. If they traded two future first round picks and to go from 12 to three, to, to only have to move one and go from nine to one, that is light by that standard. But again, I think uh, I think from Chicago's perspective, you got what you needed. You put yourself in a position to help your quarterback on multiple fronts. You're going to get him a left tackle. You got him a number one receiver. You got more picks that you can use on defense because they kind of did spend all off season and during the season just trading away players, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, um, so again, I think it's a good trade. It's kind of again, like I said, starts the clock on Justin Fields' career. He's got, in my opinion, thirty-four games to prove he can be an NFL quarterback, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think you do kind of disregard the seconds a little bit in your analysis. Like in the, those are, you're looking at probably at least one of those being a legit starter. I feel so like I, both I, should be a legit. If if you think about it, a second round pick. Depending on even even regardless of where it is, if you're going to factor in that three, four, five quarterbacks have gone off the board, you're probably looking at a top fifty player coming out of college. That better be a starter for you, right? You better find like unless you're so good that you're you're in the position to take depth pieces with a second round pick. That better be a starter for you. You better right. you better draft well enough, in my opinion, at least. Um. So yeah, the, the, again, I think it. I think it's a good haul for them. Well. Um, We'll see how it pans out for Carolina. We'll obviously see how it pans out for Fields and in Chicago. That I know they made a lot of moves in free agency. We'll touch upon, and they've kind yep. of closed the gap on what people thought would be between, let's say, themselves and maybe the Vikings and the Lions, who were supposedly yeah, the definitely. kind of the division front runners. And and if you don't have anything else to add on the trade, let's get into let's get into free agency. Let's get into the moves that teams have been making. Um, 
Yeah, I, I was figured we'd start with the trades and then we could go into the signings. So the bigger trade so far, uh, corner Jalen Ramsey uh, was traded to the Miami Dolphins for a third round pick and Hunter Long. I know uh, you kind of talked about it as it pertains to the Lions and that it was a name thrown around for the Lions. Um, obviously not a Lion, a great addition for the Dolphins. For a relatively low return, I know he's older and necessarily a de- uh, an extremely depreciating asset as far as that's concerned. Um, but I think it's a great deal for the Dolphins, and it makes sense as it looks like the Rams are just sellers at this point. Yeah, um, you touch upon it. The A third-round pick only for Jalen Ramsey is huge uh, on, on Miami's side. I mean, that's – Ramsey's probably still a top five to seven corner. You pair that up with Xavier and Howard there. Um, they've got – that's a huge piece for them. The, the contract's big. I mean, it's I think it's now fully guaranteed. Yeah. It's like 25 mil a season more or less fully guaranteed, which is a lot of money. Two is still on his rookie deal, so I guess you live with it. But um, I think I ended up reading that the Rams were only interested in trading away Jalen Ramsey two places he was interested in playing. So if you think about it that way, that – instantly hurts your value because the teams know, Hey, we only have to deal with one or two other teams where he might right. be interested in playing. And that, I think that's where the reports came out that the lions were among the teams that called about him. He didn't want to be there. I don't necessarily blame him. Um, Miami's a cool city. The state of Florida has no income tax. Um, I, I don't, again, I don't blame it. And it, to be honest, good for the Rams. It's one of those where it's, we're not going to hold you hostage. It's you did, you did for us the right, you, I mean, you won a Super Bowl with us. Bowl. There was nothing yeah. more we could have done together that go, we'll let you go chase another, another dream, whatever it might be, or whether it's money regardless. So um, huge for the Dolphins and huge for Jalen Ramsey going from California state taxes to Florida state taxes where they're yeah. <laughs> Holy, holy 180. Uh yeah, that's a great point. Um, I don't really have much to add on that. I think you – well, the one thing I will add, you talked about him going to a team he wanted to. It does seem um, – the city, along with I do think the Dolphins, are probably – you're looking at a team that should be uh, a for-sure playoff team in 2023. Um, so I think that also has something to do with it. And it's it's – one thing I thought about was a third-rounder for the Rams – uh, is probably going to be like their first pick in the draft after they went tr- pick crazy to get their Super Bowl pick giveaway crazy to get Honestly, their Super true. Bowl. They, I mean, they might have a second, but obviously we've got their first this year. Um, I, I actually, that's, that is interesting to think about. Um, hopefully the Rams are still as good at drafting in the later rounds as they were when Brad Holmes was still there. Um, right. Brad Holmes has brought that talent to us. We found a lot of starters in the later rounds, which is great for us. Um yeah, not much else there. Uh, sp- actually, I guess the one, the one thing I was going to say, speaking of career clock starting to tick, Tua Tagovailoa, that's yep, that's yep. something where I know they picked up his fifth-year option and it actually might be a very smart move, and we can get into that when we mention somebody else. But um, I think he's got 17 games to prove he's 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 worth it. I, I know Again, I know there's a fifth-year option. I know he's under contract for two more years, but I think it's one season. We've given you all these pieces. We've spent two years now doing everything for you. Mike McDaniels brought his offense around you. You get to throw your types of throws where you get to anticipate. You don't have to just throw nukes, but yeah, I, but I, I think he's got one year to, to save his career. I, I don't, I don't necessarily look at it that way. I think it's got, you've got one year to prove you can stay healthy. I think the last two yeah, seasons he's proven. That's he's also proven part of he's the guy. That's what I'm, but that's also part of it though. I mean, 
True. To save your career doesn't always mean, oh, are you not going to be a trash player? Because you're right, he was a great quarterback. I mean, in games he started and finished, I think he might have lost one or two all year. But availability is an ability. So if if you're yep. going to be if you're one or two concussions away from not being medically cleared, if you if that hips an issue that was coming out of college, you, you, you're not you're not able. So we'll see. But um. What other yeah. the trade? What other trades? Um... The other trade I wanted to mention before we went into, I think we could go quarterbacks next. That's the next big topic. Yep. Uh, it was Darren Waller, tight end uh, of the Raiders, is traded to the Giants for a third round pick. Another one where I believe he's in his thirties. Um, I don't think he's quite has, there yet. He might be twenty nine, but has had some health issues. Veteran, uh, when healthy, is still probably a top five tight end in football. Um, that again, I thought of it as a light return, and I also thought of it as a question mark for some of the moves they've made um, that we'll get into. Specifically, was the J- Jacoby Myers three years at eleven mil per that they did the right afterwards? It just seems like, uh, and we'll get into the quarterback they signed, but it just seems like I can't. Like, what are they doing? It, why trade one one of your best assets and then sign a number one receiver or number two receiver? But. This, this to me seems like uh, I'm going to say this a couple of times as we bring it up every time, but this seems like Josh McDaniels is bringing back his boys and from new England and just trying to save his career. Um, I know by doing what he trusts. Or... Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like, he's okay. like, I listen, I, I've, I've worked with Jacoby Myers before I know Jacoby Myers. I want him. Um, it also sounds like that might be the end of Hunter Renfro in Vegas, yeah. which it is what it is. Myers might be a similar, if not slightly better piece. Um, about the trade itself, I actually think a third round pick for Darren Waller is kind of fair, if not even an overpay. Um, like you said, he is a little older now. He has missed about 50% of games over the last two years. That does not bode well as you get older because mm-hmm. you can, because again, the body always deteriorates. It doesn't get better. Um, but yeah, when he does, when he did play last year, he racked up perceptions, he racked up the targets. Um, but how much longer is that going to work? I mean, I think it's I think it's a good deal for I think it's a good deal for the Giants to get Daniel Jones some help because their wide receiver room sucks. But I think a third round pick is a lot. Yeah, and I kind of looked at it going back to it, uh, uh, looking at what we gave up the Lions that is for Hawkinson um, at the deadline, and it just kind of seemed I don't know it's similar, similar ish. For a yeah. younger player. Yeah, so. more or less. Um uh quarterbacks. Let's let's uh, stick with the let's stick with the Raiders, just because we've been talking about them. Okay, we'll stick with the Raiders. After letting Derek Carr go, who was also signed later this uh offseason, uh the Raiders signed quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo to a three year sixty seven million and a half dollar contract. Um yeah, I'm not a big – I know a lot of people I've talked to are pretty big on it. It's a very reasonable price, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm not a believer in Jimmy Garoppolo personally. I never have been. Um, again, we talked about your best uh, best ability is availability. That's something he struggled with as well, yep. uh, let alone the fact that when he actually plays – Yes, he does win games, but he's won games with arguably the best offensive mind in football. Um, I'm not saying Josh McDaniels is a bad coach. I don't think he is the same coach as Shanahan in San Francisco. 
I question it. I question the direction of the team in general. It seems like a very lateral move. I know he got a lot less than what Derek Carr is getting for, you could make the argument that about the same quarterback. Um, but yeah, those are my, that's, those are my initial thoughts on Garoppolo. Yeah. I mean, you touched on the price. That is a really friendly deal. It was a 24, 25 or 23 million a year. Yes. Yeah. That's 22 million a year if it was 66, but yeah, that's for a quarterback these days, that's basically free. Um, it, it, again, I'll, I'll say it again. It's it's him bringing back his boys from the New England days, just trying to save his career because I do think he is one, maybe two bad seasons if he's lucky to get a second season out of it away from getting canned. Um, but it, it's a very Raiders move. Um, they, they could have been one of those dark horses to trade up for a QB. Turns out they won't be. I mean, I guess even still they might. I mean – if there's if there's ways to get out of that deal early, if you can cut him after one year or two years, and he just like serves as a mentor quarterback for let's say an Anthony Richardson who is two or two, maybe two years away from being a, a viable quarterback, I guess I get it. But it certainly at the moment looks like head scratching moves. Maybe they're hoping Jalen Carter's red flags drop him to them, and then in typical Raiders fashion they'll draft him. I, I don't know. It's it's Mark Davis. It's that it's that franchise. I think they're stupid. Yeah, I yeah, I guess there's, I don't know. I also kind of thought it was a, it was time for them to draft someone if you were going to move on from Carr, who had been there for so long that maybe it's time to make a reface decision. But then you sign Jacoby Myers, who's probably a legit number two receiver on any team in the league. You still have Devonte Adams, who you just signed last year. So I I, I don't know. That's all I'm going to say about the Oakland turn at Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, well, we'll see with them. Um, you, you mentioned Carr. Let's get into his deal. Um, it, I, yeah. mean, I think you might have the numbers more. Was he, yeah. was he four years, $40 million a year? Four years, $150 million, So that comes Basically. out to, uh, I believe, just over? No, it'll be under. But like just that, under. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's like more 38. Money. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. Like hundred of it is someone, guaranteed. Yeah, for someone who, how much is guaranteed? A hundred. Okay, so I mean, yeah, the Saint, the Saints is interesting because they play in probably what I mean. We're gonna say this, and I'm sure it'll turn into not that, but they probably play in the worst division in football. So yeah. if you can guarantee yourself a a home playoff game, you never know what's gonna happen with those. So I guess I understand it. Um, the Saints have been have been consistently in salary cap hell over the last couple of years, just pushing contracts okay. back. Um, it I guess it's an interesting move. It's a it's a decent place to for him to sign. I mean, kudos to him for refusing to be get traded there and to not have the Saints have to give up picks because that gives them more ammunition to help him and help that team. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a first back for Sean Payton from the Broncos. Um, I don't know. It's it's a team where they they resign or I guess resign. They did they I don't even know what Michael Thomas's stance is because I'm sure he'll just injure his foot in preseason and not play. But um, <laughs> you got Michael Thomas there. Chris Olave had a great great first year there. I mean, who yeah. knows what's gonna happen to Alba Kamara with the legal trouble? Maybe they're drafting him back. So like, there's pieces there. The defense isn't bad. Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, uh, he's a Demario Davis or Davids. Uh, I always mistake the last name, but they've got players. Um, they play in a weak division, so 
the Saints are one of those teams that might be a nine and eight, eight and nine yep. division winner, and then we'll see where we go from there. But I don't hate it. It's it is what it is. It's just kind of a it's it's just a move. Yeah, I I'm not crazy about four years. Um, I think he was probably someone that uh, even New Orleans would have liked to get a two or three year deal. Um, but yeah, I don't have much to add because I have that same feeling of it made a, a slightly below average Saint team into an average team in a bad division. That's like, okay, now you're a legit playoff team. Not because you have a great roster now or a franchise necessarily quarterback, um, but you improved that position enough to be the best in your crappy division. Yeah. Um, so the other big quarterback signings, Geno Smith resigns with Seattle. That's three years at 105 million. I'll just stay start with. I don't have much to say on him. Good for how him. Is, how much is guaranteed if you have that number? I, I didn't write how much was guaranteed down. Uh, it comes out to just over 33 mil per year. Um, good for him though. A guy that like looks like a career backup gets a three-year deal over 30 million dollars and gets his start starting quarterback contract in a reboot of a of a career that started in a on a in a poor Jets organization um and then has moved on to a Seattle team that he was able to um was supposed to be kind of a placeholder as they went through a tank and made the playoffs with them last year so that's just a good for him we love when guys get paid to a certain extent um the only thing I'll add to that is and that's not even really for him it's Given that Seattle's picking at number five, given that they just had that masterful draft, I wouldn't be shocked if they also took a quarterback and kind of, and Geno Smith turned into that bridge guy. Maybe they can get out of that deal in one year. Maybe they can get out of it too. Um, mm-hmm. They they also strike me as a team that could be saying, hey, we don't expect to be picking this high again because we think we're good enough to, to win nine, 10 games a year. So you take a quarterback while you can and hope he develops into something. So that's just one of those things where I'll say, Maybe Seattle's not out of the QB sweepstakes just because they've re-signed somebody. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the most shocking one, I think, quarterback-wise, was the yep. final one. Uh, Daniel Jones re-signs with the Giants at four years, $160 million. All of it is guaranteed. Um, is it all guaranteed? I want to say I read somewhere it was, and then I read somewhere only like 80 of it was. So uh We'll have to get our sources correct on that one later. Agent, agent of the year, if you got 160 guaranteed, um, yeah. agent of the year. But um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I I think that's an overpay for a guy of Daniel Jones' stature. Yes, he played better with Brian Dable, and Brian Dable seems to be some kind of QB whisperer. Given what he did with Josh Allen, it seems like Allen's regressing a little bit now. Um. I just think the Giants kind of put themselves in a no-win situation because um, because of the fact that they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and this is where I was going to yeah. tie the two. This is where I was going to tie the two a thing back into later on. Daniel Jones put them in a terrible position because he had a good year, yep, and there and he was going to be an unrestricted free agent. So what are you going to do? You, I mean, you can tag him, but you prefer not to because you don't want to keep playing that game you don't want to do the Kirk Cousins in Washington routine so that's where I think they were in a bad position for not picking up his option and they didn't have the leverage to say you know what go do it again we we love you thank you for taking us to the playoffs but we don't think you can do it again to give you that type of money so go prove us wrong and go do it again and I think that's where 
that's where I bring, brought up the Tua thing. The fifth-year option might be smart. Now, maybe that's not why they did this, but let's say Tua has some great year. They can they still have another year to tell him, hey, prove it to us that you can do it one more time. Prove it to us that you can stay healthy again because you haven't finished the season yet. Right. And they then they might not get stuck in a place where, oh, we have to now give this guy four years by $200 million because he is exactly. a little bit better of a quarterback than Daniel Jones. And, uh-oh, he's on the injured reserve list. So – that's where I like the Dolphins picking up the, the fifth year. Uh, I think the Daniel Jones contract's trash, but I guess cool for them. It allowed them to franchise tag Saquon Barkley and keep him, yep. which is a huge part of their offense. And he's a phenomenal player. We'll see. He had a great bounce back here after a couple of injuries. So, I mean, good for Daniel Jones staying in the league, making some money. Good for the Giants keep their guy. But I don't know. How, I don't know if they're going to be able to repeat what they did. Yeah, it's one of those things where you mentioned the bad situation where he had the good year. The team also had a good year. And so now I think you were probably looking at if you were telling them when they didn't take his option that that they would be in this position as a franchise to be probably a a legit wild card team again next year. You wouldn't I don't think they would think they'd be there yet as a franchise. They are there. And what does that mean? It means you have to take care of the most important position, that's quarterback. Um, so you want the guy that's the most ready as opposed to having to say, okay, Daniel Jones, you've proven it in one out of your four years, five years in the league now. So we're not going to take you. We're going to go with the next guy. We're going to draft the next guy. You can't really do that in their spot. You have to go with the next best available option now. That doesn't necessarily speak to why he gets 40. Um, and I think – Car or Car or Garoppolo get you know thirty three and twenty three, um, but yeah, I think you kind of spoke to that part of uh, the overpayment. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking fair, I think thirty five was probably a good value for him. I mean, that's more or less I think what Kirk Cousins makes, and yes, he's probably not as good of a Kirk as a Kirk Cousins player, but the market has changed, the salary cap has gone up, and you have to account for that when you're signing the next. The next batch of quarterbacks. So Cousins is all all guaranteed, though. That's I know true. Our sources are mixed up on whether this is not. But, but Cousins, Cousins is guaranteed. Yes. Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is probably a forty to forty-five million guy. If um, now, not at the time when he first started doing these contracts, um, if it's not all guaranteed, I mean, I think the the Chiefs would take Mahomes at 60 if it wasn't all guaranteed at the at this point, the way the salary cap goes up every year. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Cousins the first guy to ever get a fully guaranteed deal? Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, that's Moving all I have for yeah. around the league. Did you want to add anything before we get into the Lions a little bit, what they did? Yeah, I mean, just for, in terms of free agency um, – couple of the big names, uh, Javon Hargrave went over to San Francisco, made a destructive front wagon. Yeah, they made he, he took a defensive line that was already destructive, made it even more destructive. Um, rich get richer there. I want to say the Kansas City Chiefs signed Juwan Taylor as a tackle, meaning Orlando yeah. Brown is going yeah. to walk and go to an interesting else. move. Um, what is it, Mike McGlinch? He signed a big deal in Denver. I don't know if that really means. Um, uh, the linebacker who signed in Chicago. Oh, yeah, Tremaine Edmonds. This was kind of the big one. It kind of pertains to the Lions because 
he was someone that the Lions were rumored to have interested, were rumored to be good fits for someone I kind of wanted, a proven vet. Interestingly enough, he's played five years in the league. He's still only 24. So he's a very wow. young guy. He's a very young guy. Um, he's got some speed. He flies around and, it, and like he's just exponentially more talented than what we have. Um, Alex Anzalone and Rodrigo, Rodriguez, Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, those guys are cool. Good, some good depth pieces, but they're not starting linebackers on good teams. Maybe the Bears had an overpay. I think they gave him $18 million a year. And mm. when you think about it, um, this is one thing that I kind of said is like a little Bearsy of them. They traded away Roquan Smith, who ended up getting $20 million a year to re-sign someone who is not nearly as good as Roquan Smith for basically the same amount of money. Yeah. So that's kind of a that's kind of a Bears move, but I guess maybe that doesn't factor in the draft picks you get because then we get a second and something else. So maybe they find another star there. But I don't know. It's I mean Chicago Chicago has been spending their money. They have it, so good for them. Uh, like I said, close the gap on the NFC North. Um, you know, you want to get into the Lions? I, I don't really think I have anything else on free agency unless I just missed something. Blanking out. No, uh, those are the kind of the big ones. Um, as far as the Lions, they've re-signed uh, Isaiah Bugs, 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 uh, Anthony Anzalone, linebacker and defensive end. Um, blanking out his first name, Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky uh, or Kaminsky Kaminsky. I don't know how they say it, but. Uh, and then the two signings, they got two cornerbacks. Cam Sutton from the Steelers signed him to a big three-year, $33 million deal. Um, and then cornerback Emmanuel Mosley uh, from San Francisco, a one-year, $6 million deal. So that's kind of what they've done so far, free agency. Yeah, um, definitely needed help at corner. So getting Cam Sutton is good. Um I'm not going to sit here and pretend he's some great corner, but he's not a bad corner. He's he's a good corner, and that's perfectly all right because if you sort out your defensive line, a good corner looks like a great corner just because it's a little bit easier to play corner when the other team's quarterback's running for his life. But, um, no, the money's good, $11 million a year, average value. Um, you look at, I think, Jamel Dean re-signed in Tampa Bay for 15 And, there, I mean, yeah, he's maybe a slightly better player, but that that is – $4 million more that you're not accounting for. Um, hopefully he can be a Lions number one. Um, it was kind of, it was, that was kind of the big signing that we expected. Um, maybe we thought it'd be Ramsey, but we did think there was going to be money thrown around there. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley was something that was completely kind of out of the blue for me. I thought there would be maybe a second depth piece signed and that would include, and then you would, you would pair that with a high draft pick on a corner. They still might do it. But given that they put brought together Mosley, Sutton, Okuda, maybe you're maybe you're less likely to draft a corner maybe high up in the draft. So we'll see where they go with there. But Mosley's interesting. Uh, I was reading a little bit about him, and it sounded like he was a good player who dealt with a Injuries. ACL tear last year. And I guess the only thing I'll say is. As I've said, I mean, it's easy to look good when Nick Bosa gets to the quarterback in the blink of an eye every single play. Sure. So maybe, uh, maybe in a maybe for a team that has to defend a little bit more, the, the the receiver will see what he's like. But if he can come back from that ACL and be the player that San Francisco fans claim he was, 
I'll take it. Um, that's that sounds like a good one-two punch. Okuda is a guy that starts becoming a rotational piece, and maybe you don't need a cornerback at the top of the draft, and maybe that maybe it opens yourself up to taking a linebacker at eighteen. But we'll see. Um, I, I I like I like the move so far. I would have liked to have had a linebacker. There's still there's still chances. I mean, Bobby Wagner, uh, Levante David are free agents, but they're kind of in that Jalen Ramsey boat. You're 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 older. You're ring hunting. Do you really think Detroit's the best place to do that? Do you really want to be in Detroit? So I guess we'll see there. But yeah, maybe maybe we draft a linebacker, and that's our that's our supplemental piece at 18. We'll see. Um, but overall, I think the Lions have done pretty well in free agency. I guess we're still waiting to see what happens with Jamal Williams. I've said it. I don't really care what happens to him. If you really yeah. value his locker room presence, good. Resign him because obviously the locker room means a lot to this regime. But if you're if you're talking strictly what he does on the field, you you can pick any running back in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, and he will do exactly what Jamal Williams did. Because Jamal Williams, I think I think I saw like 15 of his 18 touchdowns or 17 touchdowns last year were within four yards. That's right. That isn't skillful. That's I have a great offensive line. I'm a big boy. I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to run into you and then I'm going to fall into the end zone. So if we're talking strictly on field stuff, let him walk. Doesn't need to get paid, but we'll see. The, the yeah, I've heard he's, I heard he wants like $5 million a year. <laughs> Absolutely too. not. Yeah. I, I, if you want three, sure. Four, maybe. maybe. Yeah. yeah. But five million dollars a year for Jamal Williams is not happening. So yeah, uh, that's I'm good on free agency for that. I am, I'm, I'm good on the I'm NFL. Sure. Let's get into the big. Let's get into the big tamale. The big hot tamale. One of the it just makes me smile thinking about this. One of the rare events. It's perfect. It's on my spring break, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll get to just sit there, not do anything but watch basketball for twelve hours straight. Um, Interesting year. I mean, I think you can say it about every year, but uh, I figured we could go through each region. We could um, pick the first games and then pick a pick pick the pick someone to come, pick a team to come out of each region. Um, I can do. I can. I can deal with that. Um, okay. So let's start at the top of the bracket, the South. Uh, the one seed is Alabama. I believe they're the top overall seed. Um, they'll play the winner of Texas A&M CC, a team that's won their last 12 games uh, in Southeast Missouri State. I believe Texas A&M CC, the last I looked, they're up by five. Not that it really matters. Um, so that'll be the team they play as the 16 seed. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I'll, what? I was just going to say Alabama. I mean, yep. if, we're, if we're just going, if we're going to go down the line and say pickums, I mean Alabama. Um, yep. You've only had one one seat or one one seat ever lose, and I think that was lightning in a bottle. I don't see that happening again. Um, Alabama. Yep. Uh, the eight nine seed game in that is Maryland out of the Big Ten and West Virginia out of the Big Twelve. Um, two teams with pretty similar years have been ranked at one point. Um, playing pretty good conferences. Um, Maryland has a slightly better record. They're the eighth seed. I have West Virginia winning this game. West Virginia can shoot the lights out of the gym. If they get hot, I've seen them play every tough team in the Big 12 pretty well. Um, and I think Maryland's kind of stumbled into March. So, 
I I mean, that's I think you'll have a little bit more to say about most of the games here than I do. Uh, I had Maryland, but for no particular reason, I just said, you know what, they're a Big Ten team, good for them, and I picked them. Uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I don't. I I've never watched less college basketball in my life. There's not really much I know about the teams that aren't named Michigan State or maybe one of the bigger teams that have lost a guy or kind of streaking at the moment. If we're, once we start getting into the middle seats, it's kind of a question mark for me. But yeah, kind of a weird one next. Uh, the five seed is San Diego State. Uh, the twelve seed is the College of Charleston. A weird year for them. They're thirty-one and two. Um, they were ranked at one point in the year when they were undefeated. Um, they've they've only played two Power Five teams. Neither of them ranked teams, um, and they lost by thirty both games. One was North Carolina, so a weird one where they've beaten up on just really bad teams all year, and the only competition they've played they've lost. San Diego State Mountain West team. We know how much they struggle in the Big Ten in the tournament. This is one of my upsets. I do have College of Charleston pulling this one off. Yeah, I mean, I had it as well. For for the only reason was was I heard a lot of people say it's going to happen. Why not jump on the board? I mean, you're going to get some picks right. Who cares? You're going to get some picks wrong. As long as you get the national champion right, you'll probably win your bracket. Um, yeah, I, I also had Charleston. Uh, and then the 4v13 game, Virginia, the, the highest-seeded ACC team this year. Yeah, very down here um, in the ACC. Yep, huge down year. They're a typical Virginia team. They play that slow Tony Bennett style of um, defense. Furman, a team that I've heard can shoot. I've also heard this is an upset alert game. Um, I do think Virginia pulls this one off, though. Yeah, I've got, I've got Virginia. Uh, an interesting one in that uh, 6v11 game, Creighton, up and down season for them, spent most of the year ranked, seemed like they fell off a bit at the end. Versus North Carolina State, who I'm, I'm told is one of the more talented 11 seeds ever. Um, they're 5-7 and seven in their last 12, though, after being ranked as high as 16 at one point in January. Um, I've gone back and forth in this game. I, I ended up picking Creighton in mine. Uh, just because of the stumbling into March theory. Yeah, I had. Um, I guess the only interesting thing I really I have Creighton as well, but the only thing I really knew about NC State was that they played Clemson three times this year, lost all three times, and still somehow got into the tournament yeah. over over Clemson, which was interesting. I don't know. I mean, I, I have Creighton. Uh, then the three v fourteen seed game uh, is Baylor versus UC Santa Barbara. Don't know much about UC Santa Barbara, Baylor, not quite the team they had two years ago when they won it all, but had been ranked um, all year at Baylor. Yeah, um, same. Uh, Missouri, Utah State. Missouri, solid team, has some good wins. Utah State, one of the last teams to make the tournament. Seems like they've had a good year in the Mountain West as well. Um, I have Missouri in this one. I think they could actually make a run. Yeah, um, I had Utah State. No rationale. Flip, flip the coin. I don't know. I guess I don't know yeah. anything about these teams. Uh, Arizona, Princeton. I've heard Princeton is one of – if there's a 15 seed that's going to do it, it's going to be Princeton this year. Uh, I don't think they do that. Arizona's playing good basketball right now. Yeah, I think Arizona's uh, I think Arizona's a phenomenal team. I've got them making a run, so I'm going to go with Arizona. Uh, and then out of the south, who do you have? Arizona. Okay. I have Alabama. 
I think Alabama is the best team in the country. I think this is their year with all the controversy going around. And I don't have the full-fledged faith in Arizona. They kind of, as a as a program, are like a uh, perennial chokers. What perennial chokers? Yes, they they remind me of a Gonzaga where they're they're. It feels like the last few years they're a top four seed every year, and I don't really hear about them ever I, making it that far. I I mean I think they hit I think they might hit elite eights occasionally, but I don't think I've seen them in a in a final four game. So I agree. Um, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year they buck the trend. But I don't know. Um. I, I like the I like that Pac-12, the Pac-12 championship. So we'll see. Um, move on down to the east. Network. Yeah. Okay. The East. Uh, Purdue will play the winner of FDU and Texas Southern. Um, I don't Purdue. think there's a one. I don't. Yeah. I don't have a one sixteen. That would be. I just think that you're just. Not playing your percentage as well if you pay if you pick one, yeah. Even though um, it can happen, yeah, I don't have much to say. I don't. I'm. A, I think Purdue is fraudulent. I think yep. they're a typical Big Ten team, but I don't think the fraudulence will come out quite in this game. I think maybe it's maybe it's the next game. Maybe, I, I I do have Memphis beating FAU. I know that's a very yep. popular pick. Um, given Memphis just I think boat raced Houston in the AAC title. Um, yeah, I, I have Memphis winning that one and then beating Purdue. Yeah, I, I think I still have Purdue just because I think the – even though the Zach Eady issue is only an issue and you don't have time to prepare for it, if Memphis gets a week to say, hey, we're going to be playing this freak, how do we stop him? It's a little easier. Um, but I still I think I'm going to still rock with Purdue making it to the Sweet 16. Um, moving down, this is – I think this is kind of the 5-12 just because this this is supposedly the best 12 seed we've ever uh, – maybe not the best yeah. 12 seed because wasn't – wasn't the wasn't the John Morant Murray State team a twelve seed? Yeah, they were pretty high up there, and they were just like objectively favored over Wisconsin, and then I think they beat them. Yeah. But that I think that sounds about if memory serves me correctly. But the, the, I've heard great things about this Oral Roberts team. I mean, they yeah, made that same. Sweet Sixteen run as a fifteen seed two years ago. Now they bring I've back heard that both. team is. Yeah, I've heard this yeah. team is way better than that team. Yeah, too. They bring back most of what they had there, and obviously, when you bring back, you've got the experience. So, it's a shame it's Duke. Um, Duke's played great basketball. Duke is yeah. also kind of that Darth Vader team where like dreams go to die. Granted, they do get upset a lot. I mean, Lehigh and CJ McCollum got them, but I don't know. I, I've got Duke beating them, but I know that this is a very popular five twelve upset pick. Uh, I have Duke beating them. I am a sucker for the the playing well going into March Madness, even though that's a proven theory to not work. Duke's won nine in a row. It seems like Filipowski um, and the rest of the team has figured it out. Yep. Tennessee, um, Louisiana. I have Tennessee. I don't know anything about this Louisiana team. Haven't heard any buzz about them. No, neither do I. The only the only thing I could possibly say in their favor is Rick Barnes is a perennial choker himself. Yep. So maybe Tennessee is victim to that, but I just I don't I think they're too talented. So I have Tennessee as well. Uh the 60 11 I think is an interesting one. Um Kentucky Providence. I think Providence is a fairly good, tough draw for Kentucky as a six seed. Um I don't think Kentucky is as uh bad as everyone says they are i actually think they're a pretty solid team and obviously oscar shibway 
um, when you have him in March gives you a chance, even though it didn't work against St. Peter's last year. Um, I'm am going to take Providence, though. I've got Kentucky. Um, I think, like you mentioned, this is not the t- same team that was asking for Calipari to leave or to, to get fired back in December and January if they've played better. Um, I've got Kentucky. Uh, Kansas State, Montana State. Haven't heard anything about Montana State. Kansas State has kind of just been a solid team. Seems like they've beaten all the bad teams um, and then lost to the, you know, the Baylors, Kansases uh, of the Big 12 this year. I have Kansas State. I have Kansas State as well. I guess the least noteworthy thing I have about them is they got that kid from Florida. I think his name's Keontae Johnson, who collapsed on the court a couple of years ago and who thought yeah. his career was over until he got a couple more doctors to kind of clear him and then he transferred over. Um, good story. Um, but I, I've got them beating. I've got them beating Montana State. Uh, and then obviously our hometown team. Oh no, Michigan State will play Friday afternoon against USC, the ten seed. Michigan State's a weird one because it's the serial opposite of my theory of picking teams that are hot. They obviously lost to Ohio State on Friday. Uh, Seems like USC is a fairly good 10 seed, to be honest. Um, They finished third in the Pac-12. Not that that's saying a ton. Um, I have USC actually running us out of the building. Wow. I've got Michigan State winning, I think. I actually think this is the best possible draw Michigan State could have got. After losing to Ohio State, you are never going to jump up to the sixth seed line. No. And getting a, a California team in Ohio. Yeah. Um, that's huge. And even with Marquette, when we go down there in a second, um, Marquette's probably the weakest of the two seeds. Yep. In Ohio again, like I mean, Marquette's closer. I think they're in Wisconsin, but still. Having Michigan State play in Columbus, Ohio is huge. I think that's something where I'm not going to say run, but this is the best possible draw we could have gotten. Yeah, I, I'm not mad about it. I do, I do, I do think USC is a good team. I'm a yes, little worried about I'm that. Not, uh, yeah, but that's what happens when you're a seven seed and you suck during the regular season. You have to play good teams. Yeah. You don't get to play the the 15 seed who's never no one's ever heard of. But I do agree that it's not like the death sentence of Duke last year where yeah, no, I after, think we had a chance if we were going to win uh, the first game. So yeah. I do think there is a chance against this Marquette team. Shaka Smart hasn't won his last like six games in the tournament or something like that. I think he's, I think he's like one in four in his career or something. Yeah. Or like his last he, – he's, Shaka Smart is kind of a serial choker. Um, I've got Marquette beating Vermont while we're on the topic. Um, yep, not, much to, not much to say there. And then coming out of this one, I have Duke. Um, I think this is one where anyone I could see anybody one through five from this one yes. either losing very early or making a Final Four. Yeah, I've got, I've got Marquette, and part of it for me is I think this this region is loaded. Um, yes, Purdue's fraudulent. Duke is Duke. I mean, Oral Roberts is a team that can do some damage. You don't really know with Kansas State and Kentucky. So, like you said, I, I threw, a, threw a dart at the dartboard and it landed on Marquette to come out of that region. So, we'll see what happens. Um, I believe I saw uh, that as far as storylines go for this one, you could have a Sweet 16 at Madison Square Garden with 
with Purdue, Duke, Kentucky, and Michigan State. Um, pretty much as blue blood as you could get for a Madison Square Garden Sweet 16. That'd so, be kind of fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that could probably make that better is if you threw UConn in there just because yeah. they've got the closeness. But, yeah, that, that that's – I actually – I didn't know that. That's that's kind of cool. I guess we'll see what happens. But to in the Midwest. the Midwest, yeah. Houston, I'm not going to say much else. Yeah, Houston's a weird one. I think they're probably the second best team in the country, but they're just Houston, so I have a hard time – I have a hard time with them. I actually don't have them getting out of this bracket. Um, but yeah, they win the first one. Um, Iowa Auburn, I think is, could go any way, depending on what Iowa team you get. I think Iowa is a team that could legit make the final four the way they can score. And I think they're a team that could lose by 25 to Auburn. So, yeah, um, I've got Auburn in this game, but you're absolutely correct. Iowa's Jekyll and Hyde. They they can put up a hundred points in regulation at home, or they can just, they, they might not get off the bus. So, I don't know. Uh, Miami-Drake, the five twelve game. Um, Miami's a weird one. Bad ACC. They've been one of the best – probably the second-best team in the ACC in the regular season. Uh, I do have them beating Drake. I have them beating Drake as well. I'm just kind of reading the on the ESPN preview this Drake thing. The average age of Drake starting five is 23 years old. Who are these grown oh men? What is this yeah. Stetson Bennett tomfoolery going on here in college basketball? I'll still go with Miami, although experience is great. Um, in the next Circle game. Circle that one. I know it's a stereotypical yeah. 5v12 upside. But. In the next game, I've heard Kent State is a very good team. Same. However, I think. I think Indiana's too talented. I think Trace Jackson Davis will take it over. Yep. Oh, Different I've got Indiana breed. winning that game. Yep. I Indiana's another team for me. I said it about Iowa. I could see them losing to Kent State, and I could see them winning a national championship. They're that in between for me. Bull prediction. Sure. Um, in the next game, I have the winner of Mississippi State and Pittsburgh over really? Iowa State. I mean, you got to pick an 11 to be the six. It happens every year, if not multiple times. And this is just the team I've gone with. Um, I'm going to say that having these, having one of these two teams be able to play one game beforehand to kind of get their bearings under them and get a little bit more familiarity, I think it's going to help them. Whereas Iowa State is going to be sitting down watching. Um, yeah. Uh, I do always get worried about non-perennial program six seeds playing a uh, another power five 11 seed just because it's like you do lose quite a fair amount of conference games every year and that's basically what it turns into yeah so. no that's that's a fair point i also look at it again and i think the momentum thing matters i mean you had ucla make that run when they started yeah. to beat michigan state a couple of years ago i just think having the ability to get a game under your belt, maybe get some pregame jitters out of the way and just know, hey, I'm going into this. We just played two days ago. I feel good. It's not like Iowa State can prepare for you because they don't know who they're playing. Um, yeah, I guess they can technically say, oh, well, you get to prepare for both, but how how, how effective is that really going to be? Um, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got the winner of Mississippi State-Pittsburgh. Um, Xavier, Kennesaw State. Haven't heard anything about Kennesaw State. Had a buddy that went to Xavier. 
I'm gonna ride him a little bit. Go Xavier. I haven't heard anything about Xavier either. I feel I feel like Xavier's the quietest three seed I've ever heard of. I even know <laughs> I, I, saw, I was looking at the bracket and I was like, Xavier's a three seed? What have they been doing all year? Because usually yeah. these are some like fringe top ten team and you see them in there, and I feel like I never saw Xavier in the top ten. They've been ten through twenty one all year, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got Xavier. I'm sure there's probably too much talent for Kennesaw State to beat down on, but into the next game. Um, I, go ahead, Texas A&M, Penn this, State. I was going to say, I've got Texas A&M, and I think it's solely because I'm going to buy into the fact that absolutely every single person thought Texas A&M should have been a five seed. Yeah. And then they somehow got magically dropped two seed lines, which is crazy. Um, I've got Texas A&M because I think that they're just going to be too – I think they'll be too good. And Penn State's interesting. They had a lot of great wins. They rode that momentum to the Big Ten title, played Purdue yep. incredibly close. And I think maybe they come out a bit flat after expending that much energy playing like four four games in four days. And I'm going to rock with Texas A&M. I have the exact same theory, and I have Texas over Colgate. Yeah. Um, and I have Texas coming out of this one. Let me, let me check real quick. I think I have – I have Houston. Okay. Um, I think I think I pretty I had a lot of chalk for this one. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's tough. Um Texas is a team. I mean you just you just watch them kind of beat Kansas in the in the Big 12 title game. They play incredibly well. We'll see. Um I will say that Texas A&M has the potential for a very very tough yeah, oh, uh, second round game. If the thing's true and they were supposed to be a five seed, you're talking about a top 20 to 25 team. That's that's not that big of a deal. Like when you take the seeds away and you think about it rankings wise, Texas is maybe seven. Maybe let's call it six to be fair. And Texas A&M is like 20. That's not the worst upset I've ever heard of. Right. So we'll see. Um, in the West, Kansas, not going to say anything else. Um, yeah. This is a game where I've heard coin flip. I've got Illinois because go Big Ten, I guess. I don't know. I've heard a lot of good. I've I've heard a lot of good things about both of the like talent wise. Like Arkansas's got two lottery picks. Illinois, I've heard, is very talented. Uh, I've heard it's two kind of like teams that kind of underperformed with the amount of talent they have. I have Arkansas because I kind of went fu Big Ten in mine. But if they got two lottery picks, I'll take the talent. I'm just gonna switch my pick in my bracket. <laughs> Um, let's go down to VCU St. Mary's. This is another one where I've taken VCU. Um, I think St. Mary's is kind of that it's, it, I mean, it's, I guess, cool for them that they're finally getting some recognition as a low major school. Um, I feel like it, feel like you never used to see teams like this that didn't win their conference title, get a five seed, but I mean, they just have to beat Gonzaga once a year and they will be a five seed. That's all yeah, they got to do. That's fair. Um, I've got VCU. You got to have some upsets in your bracket. Give me, give me. Were they the Shockers or was it? No, that was Wichita State. I don't yes. know. I don't know what the. I don't know what VCU is, but give me. I give think me those they're just guys. the Rams. Just the Rams. Boring name. Yeah. Go, 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 VCU though. Uh, UConn, Iona, UConn, who looked like a legit uh, one seed, and then looked like a team that wasn't going to make the tournament. Got kind of bounced back to a four seed spot. Um, I'd like their team a lot. I think they're pretty talented. I have them. I've got them winning as well. I think it's interesting. You've got Rick Patino coaching again in the tournament. Yep. Um, 
I bet UConn, though. Uh, TCU and the winner of Arizona State and Nevada. TCU is a team that came into the tournament last year with not a lot of expectations. They went on a decent run. That whole team came back thinking they were going to be um, a top 20 team in the country. Didn't necessarily work out that way. Still had a solid year. I could see this. This is a TCU sleeper team. I, I could see making a Final Four on this side of the bracket. I bet TCU winning. I don't know if they've. I don't know if they're going to go quite that far, but I do. Uh, I do have them winning the uh, the first game. I have them winning the first game and then beating the winner of Grand Canyon and Gonzaga. Interesting factoid: Grand Canyon over has hit in seventy eight percent of their games this year, uh, so they could score. I'm guessing Gonzaga. Weird year for them. Not quite the best team he's had the last couple of years. Not a yep. bad team either. They still have Drew Timmy, which. I think this this time of year is going to help with all that experience. And I think not being a one or two seed, being this three seed this year, there's not the same amount of pressure to choke that they've had in years past. And maybe they make a run, but I overall don't think this is a very good Gonzaga team. I've got Gonzaga winning. Um, yeah, I think you make you make actually a pretty good point with the uh, with the being a three seed as opposed to being that number one overall seed coming into the tournament, one hundred and fifteen and zero or whatever it was, and getting kind of bounced by the second real team you've seen all year. But into the next game, um, I'm rocking with Northwestern. Same. Uh, Boo Booie and the Spartan Killers, considering they always beat us, but I don't know. Mountain West always sucks in the tournament. so Mountain West does does kind of tend to do that. Um, Next, you got UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. They're Uh, my – I have UCLA coming out of this one. I have Kansas. Um, yeah. Uh, do we want to give final four national title? I mean, we kind of did give our final four predictions. Uh, yeah. It's in a slow way, but do we just want, do we want to give a national champion prediction? Do we want to wait for the field to kind of lessen and we have a better idea of what we're looking at maybe next Tuesday? We can do an early one now. Um, All right. I have um, UCLA and Alabama in my championship. And I have um, Alabama winning it all. I've got Arizona and Kansas, Arizona national champions. Okay. Yeah. So the South is winning it all yeah. in the both South. of ours. The South is the South will rise again. I can't say that actually. I'm going to get demonetized. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, good talk. I mean, this is – this turns into the single greatest probably weekend. Maybe it carries into two weekends because there's nonstop games both times, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you have at minimum two basketball games going on at all times is the coolest thing ever. You're flipping channels. You've got 18 screens up. I'm, I'm going to see what my production life is going to be at work on Thursday, but having a, having a, having a good time. It'll, it'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, I don't have anything to add to the rest of this podcast that would be informative to the fans. All right. To everyone who's made it this far, and this was a longer episode, thank you very much. Um, Co-green, I guess. Yeah. Need one. Need one th- Friday.